1: AM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and collaborate.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon, depending on where you are at in this fine nation and the world. Hey, you know what? It is New Year's week, I guess, like tomorrow's New Year's Eve, uh, my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Debbie. And also, um, you know, it's the end of the year to kind of review, but Dan is on vacation believe it or not he's out there i'm sure he's listening right now uh motoring on his way back from uh the midwest to to come back to california but so dan we have john scardina john scardina from disaster tough welcome to the show
1: hey thanks for having me on here i think i'm switching spots with dan because he's leaving the midwest i just moved to the midwest so uh (laughs) we're living the dream here out out here in the midwest so
0: uh, absolutely yeah I mean it's also it's cold there so it's, it's <laughs> I, I would say it's normally nice here but it's pouring rain out it's been pouring rain for the last few days uh hopefully that the hillsides in here where the burn scars are are around here are staying and put I have not heard of too much uh damage happening right now uh, but uh, other than that it's been a wet wet cold Christmas how about for you
1: yeah, so uh, you're talking about being cold. I actually appreciate the cold because uh, December has been crazy in the Midwest. Anytime it got warm, we started getting tornado sirens. So mm-hmm. I'll take uh, I'll take the you know 37, the 45 degree weather with uh, no tornadoes for a while. So,
0: so a couple things we're going to do today. One is we talked about we're gonna we're gonna just kind of recap the year and just in how things are going. And then I want to put our Nostradamus cap on and see if we can uh, predict the the future, what's going to happen for 2022. But let's start with the recap. So, man, 2021, we thought we're going to be out of COVID. Eh, That that didn't happen. Matter of fact, you know, we started making up. Honestly, making up. Let's make make sound like it's fake. We started having additional uh, um, variants that started coming in. So we're at the Omicron variant now. Uh, What do you think? I, I think that we should really start looking at the concept that uh, COVID is going to be endemic. It's, it's no longer, it's just we're going to have to live with for the rest of our lives. What do you think?
1: Yeah, 100%. If, if we start looking at this logically and, and start pulling away from the emotion of I just wanted to end, I think the reality is like, well, so one of my, one of the key indicators of major disaster response is sheltering operations. If nobody is in the shelter and or wants to be in the shelter, that's an indicator that you know, you're, you're moving into a recovery mode or a quote unquote, a new normal, which is kind of an annoying phrase. But if, if people don't want to do the sheltering operation, which is the vaccination, that kind of stuff, then, and and it's available to them, then are we truly in a response? I don't know. I, I, I I tend to think that this is just how it is now. And there are mitigation techniques if you want to, if you want to mitigate that. Uh, But it is, um, it, the question now for me is uh, unfortunately like the flu if, even though it's not the flu is what's the acceptable uh, rate of death where we say okay this is not this is not abnormal you know in the UK it's what 20,000 deaths I think I heard for what they consider a normal for the flu if the if the death rate is under 20,000 for example do we say this is normal versus an abnormal event I don't know
0: yeah, and it seems like, you know, if you think about the flu, the flu A, for instance, the one that most people are getting their shots for, that is the strain that happened in, in 1918, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the, that flu from 1918 just went away. Um, we just learned how to live with it and go through vaccinations and through, you know, our, our yearly, you know, a November or whatever, getting our, our, our vaccination. And I know that's probably, for some people, that's a, a bad word, but it is what it is, and it's a, it's a, a good way to deal with these issues um, if they have
1: a better idea like a truly better idea that's not based off of opinion like I'm, I'm i'm happy to hear it but vaccinations do work i mean we could we have a history of vaccinations eradicating problems you know it was the last time you got polio right. right so
0: no absolutely i mean small smallpox for instance is you know no longer an issue <coughs> excuse me um but yeah i mean and i think that's the other thing too is is that I don't know how to do this, uh, and 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 to everybody who's listening, I'm sure you guys are in the same boat that, that we are. But um, I don't know how to depoliticize this because I think it just seems to be this political football that that both parties have picked up on and and, and are using as a, and I hate it. That's why I don't like politics. And, and uh, <laughs> funny for a guy who studied politics, you know, um, it, it, the idea of it is, uh, you know, we're using these things as a political football. Uh, both sides are, are are being very terrible at it, and uh, I think it's how, how do we move it out from the because flu isn't political, right? Like everybody goes, oh, I'll go get your no one freaking gets all upset about the flu, but you talk about COVID and it's uh-huh. you you think you're you know you're trying to end the world or something. Uh, it's, how do we move it out of political? How do we move it out of politics? can we move it out of politics?
1: Yeah, good questions. Uh, first of all, major shout out to you for the NDM conference of hosting Pete Gaynor and Craig Fugate. And I, the reason why I call that out is because uh, I liked Pete's answer when when talking about politics. And he said, you know, politics is built into emergency management. I think we had to learn to influence politicians a bit more because uh, they've definitely gone off the rails. And when every time they go off the rails, there's an issue. Uh, but like to your question um yeah this is this is a tough one because i don't think it's i don't think you're gonna depoliticize it but even with the flu i was thinking what the the cultural norms were before if i said i had the flu i might get answers like oh tough it out or come into work or how sick are you Mm. and so like i think even with the flu there was um there was both sides of it, like stay home, no matter what, don't come in. If you're coughing, don't come in. I heard those answers before. And the other answers were, but how sick are you? Like you can, you can come in. Right. And so I think you're still getting both sides of that of like, oh, how, how dangerous is this? And um, essentially messaging needs to improve dramatically and, or the normalization of it, unfortunately, just this is something we're living with.
0: I think that's it. I, I think it's the messaging right you know, we go back to the beginning mask no mask what I mean by the mask no mask is that um, you, you know you had the, the government saying oh don't wear masks, you don't need to wear them and then they turn around and said you have to wear them which really confused people and that's what caused some controversy there and you know those other issues that are going on but you, you know I, I you're right can we what I mean by moving politics out of it not the response side of it, but can we move politics out of it in the sense of like Having it on the media all the time and shit, we're here. The language, <laughs> Brian, you gotta, you gotta mark that, that, that uh, box now. Explicit. Um, y- you know, um, you know, we're here talking about it, and so I guess, I guess, we're part of the problem.
1: Yeah, you know what though? Um, I think it is okay to talk about it if you're talking about solutions, and I think that's our job is to talk about solutions, even when they're when it's uncomfortable. What I'm not a fan of is. Uh, creating chaos when there's when there's no need to create chaos. And you create chaos by conflicting messaging. Mm. Um, one one big thing that I always make sure I, I wrangled in and, and like uh, the big disasters were, where are we getting our data from? And I was okay going to Congress or my team lead going to Congress and saying, everyone was using the same information from NOAA about where it was gonna flood, or we were all using the same model. What was not okay is if we had one branch using one model, another branch using another model. Yeah. And so, like, even just, like, getting everybody, all the official sources are using the same information, wear a mask versus don't wear a mask, cr- creating less opportunities for confusion. I think that's huge. Um, but in terms of not talking about it, man, there's a fine line. Because, like, anytime there's an active shooter, like, obviously the media is just the worst right? But you need to know about it. So how do you, I mean, this would be my question to you, right? Like how do you talk about something without creating more drama than what's needed? That's
0: absolutely right. Cause the, one of the problems that we have with media today, right? And mainstream media is, I guess all is they need, they need to, um, they need to um, make a story right? Or whatever's Mm -hmm. going on. And so they're going to look for that that angle. They're going to try to find that story because they want to be different. And then what I think is interesting, too, is especially here, like, in in Southern California, right? We have, the you know, one of our sports that we have is high-speed chases. And so there's, you know, it's kind of fun to watch. Helicopters chasing, everybody's chasing. And then there's always, like, people just on there just pontificating (laughs) <laughs> I have no clue what's going on, but they have to fill that dead air. And yeah. it happens with active shooter. It happens. I think that's what's going on with this. Michael comes up and says, in 2022, FEMA and DHS will slowly reduce COVID finding, uh, funding uh, with a virus that will be considered annual, like flu and West Nile virus. That's a good point, Michael. You know. Um, yeah,
1: I know the DOD is working on it. Like, this is the thing about the vaccines and science that people like sometimes forget is like the idea that it's supposed to be continual improvement. And I know the DOD is working on a vaccine that is uh, much better, but it'll take three or four years to come out. So maybe we do get to the point where we all just get a, a one shot. But for now, the best solution is probably an annual booster or an annual shot. And I think that's I think that's okay to say. I think it's okay to say this is the best solution right now. And for whatever reason, I think in media, especially politicians, those are like the year of politicians really screwing things up. But um, yeah. So like if you think about that though, like I I wish I wish people were a little bit more brave to say this is the best idea we have right now. We hope it's not the best idea we have in the future. And uh, like, that that message is lost sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think part of the problem is, with this as well, and, and again, both sides of the aisle, is that the one side doesn't trust the other side at all. And what I mean by this is is the, the typical American out there. And, I mean, you look at the polls after polls after polls. And then the other side of it, too, is um, that is there true leadership? You know, and that's, that's another, uh, you, you know, what, what does leadership look like and, and are we seeing it? And that's another debatable uh, position there as well. Ray says, uh, a good recent example of the so-called TikTok challenge for supposed school violence on a certain day. Oh, wow. And It was uh, virtually a, a complete media-created threat that caused some schools to cancel classes. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, we we, we tend to pump up, you know, hysteria. Um, based upon just for for news ratings and stuff like this,
1: yeah. Pump up is a uh, an active shooter. <laughs> pump pump the oh. brake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. That's that's happened several times uh, to to raise call, Raymond's call. Yeah, that's um, like the the kid who calls into a news station saying there's going to be an active shooter on on days of testing um, and trying to validate. Um, you know, credible threat. Here's a, here's a leadership question about the active shooter that happened uh, here in the Midwest where the parents were called. They thought there might be a threat. They sat in the principal's office and, you know, where was the leadership of, you know, both parental side and the the principal side of saying, Hey, you know what? Like I know it's hindsight is 2020 for sure, but how do you discern um, issues? And I'm, Um, my, my question of like, what are the attributes of leadership that allow people to uh, be brave enough to make the hard call? Like, Hey, your kid really is suspended or maybe we should check that backpack versus everyone just want to get along versus I respect the parents call. Like, Hey, my, the parent says their kid is not a bad kid or whatever. You know, how do you, how do you create those characteristics? And Pandemic life is is forcing people to make calls, and I'm I hope that they like have a good after action of, hey, was that a good call or not, or how was I making that call, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Hopefully, a lot of new leaders come out of this.
0: So, 2021, we had uh, wildland fires. Um, mm-hmm. That seems to be the the typical thing going on there, but it seems like they're they're burning hotter, faster, stronger. Um, is this something that we're going to have to be dealing with going into the future specifically with, with the climate issues that we have um, and the drier weather.
1: Yes. (laughs) I think that's a, that's a pretty, pretty straightforward. I mean, we, so I responded to uh, the worst catastrophic, the most catastrophic uh, wildfire in California history in 2017 or 2000. Yeah. 2017. I responded to the worst one in 2018 in 2019, right as I was leaving the team, Paradise happened, which is the most catastrophic. And then the following year is the most catastrophic. Like every year is breaking the record and it's happening that with hurricanes too. Like literally just keep breaking the record uh, annually. And that is not just bizarre, but dangerous. Right. So, I mean, you call call it what you will, whether it's, you know, again, topics that get politicized really fast. If you're breaking the record for how people get impacted, how do you reduce the level of impact so it doesn't keep breaking the record.
0: Well, two, two things on that. Well, one is um, the EM Sparks uh, webinar series this year. We're going to be discussing uh, climate change specifically, um, and we have some uh, great speakers lined up uh, for that and more to come on on the on that. Um, as I tell my students all the time, look, at, I, I don't care where you stand on the political spectrum, <laughs> talking about politics. How do we politics with politics? Okay? On the political spectrum of of whether climate change is man made or not as emergency managers it doesn't make a difference what the cause specifically of climate change is we have to deal with the effects whether it's cyclical whether it's 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 man made it's there right we mm-hmm. the, the data talk about data right the this, the science <laughs> the science is there where it's showing that we are getting hotter and that is creating stronger tornadoes stronger hurricanes drier seasons Although it's raining out right now, um, you know those those issues happen, and um, we're gonna have to just deal with them, right? And yeah. you've seen coastal erosion um, increasing. Uh, if you think about um, in, in San Diego County, there's a, a, a whole. Uh, city down there that's on the edge, literally on the edge of a cliff that's that's starting to fall off, and and what do we do with people like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so these are some issues that as emergency managers that we have to be looking at, um, in the future. James, to talk about the future. James comes out says. It's tall task for the show title, but I'd appreciate accurate predictions of emergency for twenty twenty two lead time would make our lives easier, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I want to James. Like, we're going to put our Nostradamus cap on here, uh, but however, I wouldn't really um, bank on what we're about to say on our, our predictions for twenty twenty
1: two. Yeah, uh, you know what's funny about that? We we talk about that quite a bit, and I do think that we as a field need to jump on the ball of uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data. Um, like that's a big thing for me because like we, we say this thing, I say it, you probably say it, we all say it, you know, sounds like ice cream, but you know, every disaster is different. And yet when I go to disasters, there's functions that are routine mode versus crisis mode. But even in crisis mode, you fall back on your training. Okay. A flood's going to go into the lowest level area it's going to wipe out, you know, the the flood zones. Like we know what happens when rivers, you know, when there's riverine flooding, it's not novice. But I think what we have to do is get a lot better at the prediction side and not only the prediction side, but, you know, standardization of our processes so that we don't feel like we're making it up every time because the reality is we're not, right. you know, so I I think like, I think there's a lot of predicting that we could do Um, natural disasters is fairly easy. Uh, You know, we're going to have wildfires, hurricanes, that kind of stuff. But I think there's also other things like when there's a general election going out and there's a lot of drama around that. I don't care the term, what people are calling it, what happened on January 6th. I mean, this seems so long ago. It was only this year, but like that stuff is okay. Could we have prevented you know, a, police officers being hurt? Or we, could we have prevented people going in, into the Capitol? Um, I think those are the kind of questions that we need to be answering for sure.
0: We're actually going to have on E-Weekly next week, on January 6th, on the year anniversary, uh, we were having the team uh, from uh, D.C., the city of uh, Washington, D.C. is going to be fun. on here talking about um, some of that stuff. So uh, if you guys are interested, uh, tune in. You know, i um, Melissa says, "Hey, something that we could talk about is also, is disaster cycles so much longer than ever before. So burnout is real, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things too. Is I, I find interesting is we we always talked about the idea of pulling and twenty, you know, 2021, 2020 actually uh, really kind of proved this out. We we talked about the idea of pulling people in from other regions, uh, from other uh, parts of the county, from other parts of the state to help us out with uh, with disaster response, uh, but with COVID." Uh, people were on their own, even with the non-COVID disasters, right? Like some of the fires and tornadoes and hurricanes, because um, they had to keep people back because they weren't sure it was going to happen in their own jurisdiction. How does EMAC look like now? I mean, you know.
1: Hmm. I, well, we'll go, go back to your original question, right? Of like predictive analysis of so next year. Uh, James calling that out for, for sure. Um, what, what does that process look like when everybody's involved I think um, I think emergency management, for whatever reason, I've heard emergency managers think that like coup plans are somehow separate from emergency management. And I think you we need them to, that way for sure. Yeah, I, I think emergency managers need to create coup plans for themselves. Like w- what is your cost benefit analysis? If you have burnout or even worse, your ELC gets taken out by Something right uh, that happened to the state of Florida during a hurricane because 9-11. COVID. that happened to Louisiana and the federal response because of COVID during Hurricane Laura there. And so like if if you can't operate in house, what is your what is your plan B? I know Rodney Melsick is a really famous planner and he says there's no such thing as plan B. And I, I appreciate that. I also think it's OK to say, hey, we need to start having coup plans because we are getting burned out. And uh you know, again, what is was our metrics for response in a pandemic? And um are we still in a response of a pandemic or are we just thinking we are and, and, and really we're already into the recovery mode?
0: I, I mean my, my my take on that is recovery starts the day the disaster occurs. So
1: hmm.
0: You know, um, that, that's my, my take on it. You know, I mean, talk about predictive an, an, an analytics and, and data and using big data and using AI. Um, Sean Griffin over at Disaster Tech, their, their programs over there are fantastic for that. And that's that's exactly what they focus on. And they're doing, they're doing some fantastic work. Um, so, you know, that, I think that's a place to start a, as well if you're looking at uh, some ideas. He's a very open guy to talk to you too. So if you guys ever have any questions, you can reach out to him. But, um I yeah, I mean, he's that people like that. Um, you also have, um, uh, oh my gosh, just lost one. Connect one concern. I'm sorry, uh, one concern who's working with insurance companies now um, with flood zone predictions and stuff like this, and you know, so using the artificial intelligence and, and data to to predict the flood and fire for that matter. Uh, one concern has been doing some great work. Those are two companies I think that are are doing some interesting work in the field
1: yeah if you want to if you really want to get to good predictive analysis that's already happening on disasters uh is definitely insurance companies they understand risk better than anybody else because it's they look at it from the financial side and they they definitely cover their own so um what was it 2000 maybe 16 i forget what year it was but the um has this uh or the predictive analysis that was going for a hurricane in, in louisiana area um like their estimates their cost estimates for repair were way off and so we actually made a an official request to a couple different insurance companies to get their algorithm and uh they were nice enough to to hand it over and so we were able to to recalculate and it went up like by like six times in one area and it went down I think two or three times in er another area. And it turned out to be much better um, for trying to figure out what the real damage of a disaster was just by using their their own models that they had created. My question is, uh, uh, like one concern is doing it. Who else from a government side is working with them consistently to make sure that that that's happening? You know, are we using outdated data? And therefore, you know, things that seem novice really aren't right? Like, m- my question is, and maybe um, maybe some other people are going gonna- to ask the same question is like to you, Todd, like is something e- a black swan that's truly like we can't figure it out, or is it black swan just because we're naive to it and we should be better at it?
0: I, I don't think that I'm going to go on a limb here, and I don't think we truly have the black swan the way we're using that terminology today. Um, yeah, there are other things that we can't predict probably. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't think that if, you know, all of a sudden a volcano popped out of, uh, the middle of Santiago peak in, in Orange County, that would be anybody would figure that out because there's no evidence of that ever happening.
1: Right. Um, the like movie volcano,
0: but that was LA.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. Black Swan yeah. though. Right. I mean, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but my point about that is like you know it, it, things like that could it happen, I suppose I'm never going to ru- rule anything out. But I think I think realistically, the gray rhino is, is probably our better our our better analogy when it comes to emergency management. You know because you know can pandemic this pandemic everybody's like oh we were so underprepared for it, blah 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 this we came out of nowhere no one could ever predict this no we've been doing pandemic flu planning for for years yeah right i mean yeah Was it called the covid plan no was it called the coronavirus plan no but i mean realistically pandemic is a pandemic right and so ebola sars mers mars whatever you want to add into it you know infectious disease Yeah. You know, we've been we've been looking at that and planning for it. So was was, was COVID a black rhino? I mean sorry black rhino, a black sw- maybe it's a new thing. Was That'd it be cool. a, yeah. a, uh a black swan or or a gray rhino. I, I would I would predict that it's a grey I would say it's a gray rhino. So James, you might not like black swans. I don't think anybody does, but what we need to be looking at is uh, are those are those gray rhinos things that, that people don't want to put money into. You know, like yeah. going, going going back a little bit here. I remember talking to you know people in in higher education and thinking that investing in emergency managers at their schools um, was was not needed that they could just write have somebody come in write a plan and and move on for it right well this is proven that you need to have somebody with that knowledge thinking forward and thinking at that worst case scenario if you will hoping for the best planning for the worst right and in. You know so those are those swan. those gray swans there I am mixed it again gosh <laughs> start it James what well, I'm gonna blame James for that
1: so let me let me talk about if I if I if I can be bold enough to share my opinion on the black Swan theory of this pandemic
0: black swan not the black rhino
1: yeah black rhino <laughs> <laughs> combining so here here it is right so President george w Bush reads happens to read a book about ni- 1918 Um Flu, the the you know Spanish flu pandemic, so he he starts putting this task force eighteen months before uh, President Obama gets in there. President Obama is now dealing with Ebola and um, swine flu, and so as a person who worked at the National Cancer Institute and worked on Ebola, I was put on a task force to help create a pandemic response plan for the United States, and in March of 2020. I sent an email out saying, hey, why isn't the the plan being followed to that same task force? And a bunch of answers came back of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get what's going on. I don't know. So in terms of a black swan, uh, I think a pandemic, I think we've been talking about that forever. I think lots of people have been talking about, especially emergency managers, because that's like the scary one, right? The other scary one is something with nukes. But in terms of like could there be a chem bio incident that is a pandemic absolutely um i think the black swan is the politicization that you know we're not all on the same page here i definitely didn't think about that well obviously there's a messaging component but to think like people are dying and that there's mixed messages being sent out from different parties both parties are to blame, by the way, in the United States, and I'm sure elsewhere. But like the fact that like people are being hurt by something like in real time and like mocking it, whether it's showing up at a city center and saying, oh, you're just being racist. So I'm going to show up to show this isn't a big deal or saying, oh, I don't think it's a big deal and mocking it on a, at a on a platform uh, or a podium rather. I think that was truly surprising for me, and I think maybe for a lot of people. And it is also the reason, going back to politics, is the year of politics, right? Of this is why this response is so long because we can't get on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's the uh, yeah. Po- politics is supposed to be for the people, and right now I feel like it's hurting the people. And again, I'm trying not to. I don't necessarily want to be too down that rabbit hole. All right. It's time for predictions. And so, James, please don't write this down and start planning for it because this is just, uh, uh, you know, John and I putting putting the uh, Nostradamus cap on. All right, 2022, what are going to be the headlines of three large disasters that we're going to see come in 2022?
1: Let me to do the first one, you the second, and we'll kind of go that way? Or Sure, you want okay, go ahead. There? Yeah, headlines. Um. Should we go fun or should we be serious?
0: Let's do three serious and three fun. Okay. Yeah, serious first. Just
1: just for James' uh, planning section. (laughs) Um,
0: James, I hope your pencil's sharp.
1: I think we will see... um, Again, they'll say something like surprising, and it won't be surprising. I think um, we will see a major wildfire response in early summer. I think... um, I think wildfire season is moving up.
0: I agree with you 100. percent That was going to be, uh, <coughs> excuse me. That was one of the ones I'm really concerned about. Um, the terrain that we're having right now in California uh, kind of makes me concerned because that means we're going to have more fuel. Um, I don't think it's going to stay wet enough. I think we're going to dry out earlier, and I think we're going to have fires earlier. And I don't think it's going to be just California. I think we're going to see these fires obviously in the uh, in, in the west western western United States is going to be is dry. And I think we're going to see lots of fires and hopefully we can uh, move forward on that one. Um, my big one, I, I think we're going to see larger um, hurricanes this year. I think we're going to see um, some, you know, larger storms that we never would have thought of. More storms and larger storms, I think.
1: I think the the one that we sh- should be concerning for us that could really pop up is... Um, I think we're going to see uh more impacts to the supply line supply mm. chain is going to be an even bigger issue than um than it has been this year because this kind of stuff is rolling and like exponential growth it kind of makes sense that in 2022 even moving closer to the end of 2022 maybe 2023 we're going to see major issues of uh just people not being able to get not just the things that they want, but now looking at things that they need. Um, and I'm, I'm really hoping I'm wrong on that one, but.
0: And, and the other one, I think that we're going to see a lot as well um, are, are worldwide in this one. I think we're going to see more water issues. Um, we're already starting to see them come across. Um you know, and I mean, we had water issues obviously in in Michigan. We had water issues in Florida. We have water water issues here in California. I think we're going to see more water issues happening, um, and the drought obviously is in the in the West again is going to play into that as well.
1: I got I got one more one more serious one. I think as um, again going back to politicians, as uh, people start declaring. Um, that they're running for president or president again or whatever. Um, we need to think about how the country, again, this is a US perspective, um, is becoming more and more polarized on their political viewpoints. And I think you could see some violence off of that. Hopefully not widespread violence, but um there's already been incidents and uh I think it's now a standard thing that we have to prepare for and recognize.
0: Oh, that, that one's a that one's a nice cheery one. On the
1: <laughs> there's ways yeah. to mitigate it though. Here's uh, some cool things. So, um, like using technology again, like traditional ideas of like just like let, like again, what's your cost benefit analysis? Um, I'm a real big fan of uh, like tethered drones, watching a crowd in a peaceful way from high above in the air, where nobody's getting hurt, is a lot better than having a bunch of first responders on the ground creating not again this is messaging creating this idea of opposition anytime where the good guys look like they're in the opposition of the guys who think they're the good guys if they're destroying damage you know destroying property they're not but like if they're if they're doing that then you you're destroying messaging you're like destroying your your goodwill messaging rather so i think um i think there's ways to mitigate without actually um you know Face-to-face uh, de-escalation.
0: All right, funny headlines
1: of disasters. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a tough one to do. Tommy Lee Jones sa- saves Los Angeles <laughs> through a volcanic <laughs> response at the age of eighty-eight. You know, I'm going to do a quick plug here. By the way, in two weeks, um, uh, we already recorded it on Movie After Action Review at Movie R on uh, YouTube. Uh, We actually went through um, that movie, so it's a pretty funny look to see how realistic that is. So that'd be my first one.
0: (laughs) All right, mine is going to be a little bit. So Cal State Fullerton gets their football team back since 1992 is when we had our last football season, and uh, we get a football team, we get a football team back, and uh, we win the national championship, which causes uh, which causes mass riots across football fans across the United States.
1: Speaking of football, I think we uh, uh, return to normal. That's a flip side of the disaster. Ohio State continues to roll over Michigan. Uh, we return to normal there. That would be a great headline that I would like to see.
0: Wow. Yeah, the Ohio State. Huh?
1: The Ohio State. By the way, I okay, let's do conspiracy theories that you 100% believe in for a second. Okay. One that I believe 100% is Ohio State was looking at the cards and they were like, Okay, we're gonna we're not gonna win the national championship this year. So if we go, we'll get embarrassed. So if we want Jim Harbaugh to stay because he's a terrible football coach, terrible for Michigan, he's lost several years in a row to Ohio State. We should let him win this year, and so Michigan will be forced to put him back on a uh, on an extension because they're like, oh, good, he's finally figured out how to beat Ohio State. So they give him an extension, then we beat him for the next five years, and everybody's happy.
0: Wow, that was that was. A- that was just as crazy as my (laughs) council. All right, everybody. Hey, we're at the heart stop. Hey, first of all, I want to thank everybody for being with us for, uh, last year. Uh, it's been amazing. Um, I, I, uh, it's, it's just been, what a trip, you know, and all the, everybody here making the comments. Thank you so much for spending time with us uh, these mornings uh, when we're talking about, uh, you know, emergency management. Uh, I look forward to a great 2022. We have some cool stuff in the works. Uh, we've changed the crisis uh, cafe to the leaders cafe. Um, so please go over there, check that out. We're going to be doing some really cool stuff over there. Uh, the readiness lab is up and running. Uh, if you guys can check out the readiness lab as well where um, John and I are putting together a bunch of different uh, uh, podcasts on one location um, and uh, we're making some moves there. And also, you know, just everybody just have a wonderful, wonderful, prosperous and happy new year. What's your message, John? Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I think I would just to add on to that. Um, yeah. Big fan, like bad things happen in the world. If anybody should understand that like bad things have an end, it should be us in emergency management. I know it's tiring. Mm-hmm. I know pandemic response is exhausting mentally, emotionally. Um, dealing with the public can be exhausting. Dealing with politis- politicians can be exhausting. But just realize that you are the good guys or the good girls in the room, and uh, it will have an end. Will, there will be other disasters in the future, and we'll get through those through those as well. Uh, messaging means everything so let's put out the message that being positive todd you're on my show tomorrow so if you want to check out i have all the messaging in the world for disaster tough So make (laughs) sure you check out uh todd and um yeah we'll see you in 2022
0: all right everybody hey everybody again it's been a pleasure having you guys here with us please stay safe and stay hydrated